Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable. Our affordable $199 Jiri course includes everything you need to ace your Jiri. A full textbook, tons of Jiri questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, today I've got Vince Kochian on the line with us, and Vince, do you just want to introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah, thank you, Tyler, for having me. Um, I am Vince Cochin. I own Vince Cochin Test Prep. I'm a GRE tutor, have been since 2008. Uh, some of my claims to fame include making LinkedIn's GRE course, co-written books for Barons. Uh, I have created a few different GRE apps. Um, in addition to my own tutoring practice, I am a teacher on the GregMat platform, and I'm a mod over on the GRE subreddit. So GRE prep, 100% of what I do professionally, always kind of fun to talk about it, since this is what I think about all day. Yeah, and so since this is what you think about all day, it's a nice segue. Um, you have a really fun topic for us today, which is how to rethink the GRE quant section. And the GRE quant section is something that I think everyone has an opinion on. So I'm really curious to hear how you think about it. Oh, yeah. So just in pl- the, I think you probably have the same answer I do to this, Tyler. But before I answer how to rethink it, what's the way that most people think about it initially, would you say? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I would say most people think about it as you've got to master high school math and apply it to questions with an additional layer of logic and sometimes... Com- combining different concepts into the same question. Do you feel like that's like a fair-ish way of thinking about it? That is a fair-ish way of thinking about it. I, th- I was going to say like, that's, I'm, I'd be very impressed if like the average jury student could say that, that answer. But I was just thinking about like, what's the... Um, <laughs> I look at I, this stuff more than them probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, that's a great answer. <laughs> oh, thank no, you. What I'm getting at is like, what's the... Um, like somebody who's just new to GRE prep and they, they're like, oh, the crap, there's math on the GRE. Like what's their initial thinking that they might need to rethink? That you solve all the questions? Is that, the, is that what you're... Yeah, that's part of it, for? I think. Yeah, so you, you have yeah. to solve all these questions. Yeah, so let, let me start. Yeah, I'm going to kind of imagine that, you know, that let's just say there's a person um, taking the GRE. They haven't done math in, let's say, five years because their college curriculum didn't require it. And right. they, they encounter the jury and they look at the math and like, hey, what kind of math is on the jury and what's the deal with all this jury math? So before I talk about how they need to rethink it, I'm going to just kind of presume maybe some of the ways they're thinking about it that could be improved. So the first of which um, is that it's a lot of memorization. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's a, a problem. It's not going to you're not going to get away with memorizing formulas and, and doing well in the jury, you have to get your, as I call it, you have to get your hands dirty. You have to practice a lot. And right. the goal of that practice is to teach you the formulas so that you don't have to memorize them. Now, there may be a few formulas you might benefit from memorizing that you don't use that often, maybe the volume of a cylinder or something. But ideally, your jury prep is designed so that you get enough practice to actually learn the formulas so that it's not like a memorization thing. It's like a, I own it thing. Like I know the formula thing. So that's one thing in terms of rethinking that I think is important. Um, another one, as Tyler said, is doing all the questions. This is a tremendous trap, I think, for most people because most people, if they're scoring like sort of in the 
let's just say average to better than average range, whatever their goal is, by no means do they have to really attack all the questions. And in fact, trying to do so inevitably for many of them will make them get into a rush mode. And mm-hmm. what happens in rush mode is careless mistakes happen because they're misreading questions in an effort to go quicker. They're scribbling down their work. They're just, you know, r- trying to run up field before they caught the pass kind of stuff. And this is all preventable if we just say to that person, look, you know, for your score goal, you don't have to answer all the questions. You want to guess on them all, but you you might not have time to work on them all. So mm-hmm. be okay with that. Don't fight with the ones you can't do. Give up and guess. If you're not going to have time to finish the section, you'll probably finish most of it. Just guess on the ones you don't have time for. And this is a much healthier attitude than frantically, you know, dividing up our time equally between all the questions, which is going to be outside the the ability of a lot of test takers. Right. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I, I like struggle with how to say this, but like most of the standardized tests, like, cause the GMAT's the same way too. Um, but like the GRE especially is the kind of test where they have a, usually will have a clever way to solve the problem in about a third of the time as doing it like the brute force way. And so that's where you can get trapped by the brute force way where you're like, I know how to solve this. It's going to take me five minutes. And that's actually not a good sustainable strategy. Yeah. So I see this a lot. That's a great point to bring up. And I see this a lot with engineers and engineers typically know math because they're engineers. And when they see a math mm-hmm. thing, they want to do it the ma- the normal way, which is like the way they learned in a math class at some point. And a lot of times right. um, that's not the quickest way. Uh, the quickest way might be a math strategy like, you know, adding numbers to the problem or doing trial and error or minimizing and maximizing or something like that. All these strategies that we learn in any kind of good GRE prep curriculum. Um, right. Like plugging in numbers, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to, um, we want to do a couple of things. Number one, we want to set ourselves up for success by when we do practice, look for these shortcuts as Tyler says, look for different ways of doing questions, do the question a couple of different ways, see which one works better. You're going to build up hopefully enough experience with that. So when you get to the real test, now you've got some options. You might be able to look at a question and notice a, a, a shorter way to do it. Um, or you might just have a better instinct into what way is better for that particular question on that particular you know, type of question um, in terms of mm-hmm. whether to use algebra, whether to use a strategy, and so on. But um yeah, definitely something I see some resistance from, um, and I see score reports where people are like, well, the second time I used strategies and I did better. Hmm. Yeah. Well then that, I mean, it, it sounds like that's one of the ways that rethinking the GRE is super important compared to how people might come into it, GRE quant specifically. Um, is there any, any other things that you try to get people to think about when they're approaching it for the first time? Um, yeah, probably other. Well, we talked a little bit about test taking um, in terms of not rushing and, and not setting the bar um, as just assuming you're going to work on every question. I'll, I'll talk about verbal a little bit since we haven't mentioned that. And for verbal, I think um, a lot of people come into the test and they see these people tend to complain about uh, passages a lot and say, oh, the passage is really hard to read. I couldn't read it in time. I, it was boring. I got confused. Mm-hmm. And we, we want to figure out strategies. And I think for most people, there is a sweet spot between reading the thing normally, reading this long passage like you would in normal life, 
and reading it strategically so that you're more so getting the overall purpose, the overall kind of just in not paying attention to every detail, not trying to memorize everything in it. And we have to be able to do that to some degree if we want to get through the test at a reasonable pace. Um, so for most people, experimenting with reading passages is going to be part of their prep. Um, and then just kind of telling people to look for verbal, you know, the test mostly is just super evidence-based. You know, we're not, we don't have to come to this test and get creative. You know, we, we, it, most of what we do is find evidence for the answer and that's going to enable us to tell if something is wrong or not. Right. And like eliminating the wrong answer choices at the very least improves your odds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Assuming in uh, with the, with the assumption that you know what you're doing um, when you eliminate. Yeah. We want to, the cool thing about wrong answers is that there always is a reason. There always is a concrete reason they're wrong. And we can, if we can identify it, we can feel good about that elimination. Right. Got it. Well, great. Anything else on either uh, quant or verbal that you want to talk about when it comes to approach? Uh, the other, the only other thing I'll say, which is kind of a broader thing that I think a lot of people can relate to is your, your attitude toward the test. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. tend to default to a pretty negative attitude toward tests like the GRE. And you may even, um, kind of think the GRE is, is stupid. It doesn't reflect your ability. It's a scam. We've heard all these things, right. From people over the years, because it's frustrating for a lot of people. And maybe historically people weren't good at tests like this and they felt like those tests were holding them back. Um, mm -hmm. but I would probably say, well, just kind of maybe at the very least suspend your judgment and say, this is the reality of getting into a competitive program for me right now, regardless of how I feel about the test. So if what's going to help me more to view the test as kind of like, um, a positive challenge that I make progress toward or sort of this negative, you know, burden that I have to deal with every day. And I think you'll probably agree right. like the positive attitude little more helpful than the negative one. So just watch yourself for that attitude. Um, you might, an uh, easy way to do that is to kind of remind yourself that ultimately in a way that you're kind of lucky to be able to do this kind of thing with your life. Like a lot of people aren't as lucky right. as you um, in terms of being able to actually apply to graduate school. Um, so just kind of being, being grateful for the opportunity, being grateful for the ability to, to get as far as you have and, you know, just saying to yourself, okay, you know, this is just, you know, uh, an obstacle that I'm, that I'm going to deal with in a way that, um, the best I can in the time that I have. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you, Vince. That was a good episode. Appreciate it. Uh, this has been Jiri Snacks hosted by Tyler from Achievable. You can try our Jiri course for free at achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.